0: Well hello, hello everybody. How's everybody's Sunday going? I am so hot I have turned my house into a, an ice box and now I'm freezing and I'm running around in a sweater. So I can't make up my mind whether I'm hot or cold around here. It's uh it's pretty funny. Um you go outside and you just about die of heat stroke and then you come in the house and you can't seem to find warmth. So I can't seem to find any happy medium with this stuff it's crazy i'm I'm supposed to be out working and i can't do that anymore because of my cardboard allergy which is awesome and uh uh so i'm just trying to find other things to do which means you actually might have me on here a little bit more if this continues um i have some other things going on though i've got a website i'm creating called streets everywhere it's going to be a new Craigslist website. Um, it's kind of like Craigslist. I'm not a new Craigslist. It's going to be like that. I got so frustrated with Craigslist and the flagging. I mean, I can't even put a treadmill up there without them flagging it. It's just absolutely insane. I can't stand it. So I thought, you know what? It just, it irked me to the point where I just created my own. So I'm in the process process of creating this site. It's going to have auctions on it, like eBay. Um, bid for assets, like where they do real estate auctions. It's going to have auto auctions and other miscellaneous auctions like jewelry and stuff like that. I'm going to have that on there. I'm going to have the weather, the time, um, the date. I'm going to try for an option to play music while you're on it. It's going to be like an all around everything, you know, type of site. I'm um, going to have the things for sale, like all the stuff that's on you find on craigslist is going to be on there i'm going to have stock market stuff on there i'm going to have a thing for dating the dating thing i made was pretty cool it's got like i have marriage minded date i've got paranormal date i've got foreigner date i've got gaming date i've got artist date it's it's really cool then i've got a, a section on there for the artist corner which is going to be for people to showcase their art and their talents like um like dance or you know, music or songwriting or, you know, painting, anything like that, anything that's artsy pottery. I mean, you name it. I'm going to have that on there. And I have a site on there, a, a section on there for paranormal. So, so we can put up paranormal stories and link our podcast to it. It's going to be really cool stuff. So I'm I'm working on this enormous site and I have it partly done and I am, like I said, still working on it. So I've got a little, a little school bus, at the top because that kind of um that just it just made me i have a little uh, yellow bus and it's my ice cream bus and it just you know it inspired me to put that up there so it's going to be cute so look for that at some point i'm going to have it hopefully it's going to be streets everywhere.org but it might be streets everywhere or something else i'm not sure yet so i have to see if i'm going to go with that one or not but I'll let you know when it comes out. And I'm hoping it's very soon because I'm getting tired of waiting. The company I have that I hired for me is um, really lollygagging. So I'm not sure if that one's going to work out totally. So I might have to go with somebody else. So if anybody um, has any stories, please send them my way. Um, if anybody knows of any good, really good allergists that treat chemical allergies, please let me know. And if anybody knows a really good website builder, also let me know that in case I, I, um, I need somebody, somebody that's really honest. Um, I was just thinking today how much I love the podcasters. I, I was on sites listening to different podcasters, which I do. I very, I'm very supportive with other podcasters in the supernatural and the spiritual and the paranormal and the cryptid world, especially because that's like my, you know, my love, my interest. And I just love these guys. I I love all the hard work they put into this. You guys just, I mean, if if you do podcasting, you know the work you put into it. I mean, there's so much stuff you do like editing and there's just a lot. You know, like today I spent hours writing down things I had to, when people send you stories, you have to edit them and rewrite them. And today I did them by hand because my printer's down and I'm working on some limited stuff here. And I just, I thought, well, the heck with it. I'm just gonna do it by hand real quick. So now I'm hoping as I'm reading things to you that I can actually read my own handwriting because it's, at times it gets pretty sloppy. But, um, you know, these podcasters are amazing. I mean, I love David Polites. I love, um, Jeff from Jeff Nadolny's Dogmen Encounters. I love Vic Cundiff from Dogmen Encounters. I love Wes and Woody from the Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, oh, there's just, there's, there's, oh, I love, uh, uh, cam from Dixie Cryptid. You know, there's a bunch. Uh there's a Steve from How to Hunt. Something I I always forget that one. I keep telling you guys I'm going to tell you what that is and I keep forgetting to to look up. I I see it all the time. I just don't I don't know the exact title, but it's something like How to Hunt. He's awesome. And these guys are amazing and I'm telling you guys if you can listen to some of these stories you need to, because it's just amazing. Um, On this week, there was a girl who I actually contacted, and we've been talking, Robin. I'm not going to give her last name. She literally lives around Bigfoot. She literally lives, has always had encounters since she was a kid. And she is just amazing. The stories she tells, I told her, I said, after listening to her, her stories, and there's a lot of them, I said, Robin, I really feel that you're part of them. I feel that she's had um, alien abductions, and since she was three, and I feel that and these these dogmen and these Bigfoot watch her like a hawk, like they 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 like protect her and they love her. It seems, and they're around her ever since she's been born, and I feel like she's she's linked to them. I feel like she's part of. I you know, there's there's a. Rumor that the aliens actually abduct people and they, they reproduce with humans. And I feel that she's got something genetic in her that is, that draws them to her and that she's linked to them somehow genetically. And, you know, I don't think that she thinks that's too incredulous sounding from when I talk to her. I'm hoping to have her on the show. I'd love to have her on. Um, You would not believe the stuff she said, she talks about the one story was she talked about, you know, different things like, you know, she would have open windows when she slept. And the Bigfoot like would like play with her hair at night. Um, she, she is she knows their names. She speaks with them telepathically. She's she's known good and bad ones. She said there's good and bad just like there are with humans, which makes sense. Um, she does not feel their demons. Uh, she feels that they're an actual race of, of creatures. You know, each of their own. Uh, the dogmen are the are the um, they patrol the forest and they protect it. And the Bigfoot are just they're a clan of of people and. Very protective with their young, and for some reason, they were really drawn to Robin and her family. She lived in Michigan, and then she's since moved to one of the Carolinas, either north or south. And the one story she had just cracked me up. She said that um, they were, they're, they're real protective with her. And I guess one night her TV broke, and she had to have a repairman come in to, to do something with her cable. And the kids were all upset. They said, you know, mom, what are we gonna do? I mean, these guys are out in the forest. They're gonna, you know, they they pound on her doors at night and her walls and they just like to get her attention and they like her to come out at two o'clock in the morning just to come out and be around them. And they pound on her walls outside unless she does. So there, it's 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 like this little love affair she's got going on with these these entities. And um, so they, she said, you know, she would take care of it. And the TV repairman was on his way and he got, gets there. He's in the house. Um, and she, they start pounding on the walls outside. So, you know, they're like in a panic thinking, oh my God, they're going to scare him away. So she goes outside to talk to them and she gets her, her house like borders the woods and she goes out to the border and she's like, listen, you know, I really need you to stop to, to calm down and let him repair my TV. My, my TV's broken and I need you to really just let this happen. And so she said all got quiet and they behaved themselves completely after she went out and spoke with them. And <laughs> she gets in the house and the, the repairman gets done and he fixes everything and he goes to leave and he's leaving. And he, she says he gets in his car. She walks him out to his truck and he gets in. And she said that as he was leaving, his whole truck gets pelted with rocks. <laughs> Like they just, this whole storm of rocks just let loose on this guy to kind of like be like, you know, and stay out, you know. So I just thought it was funny. I mean, it just, one of these, some of these stories she told were just so cute and funny. And like I said, I mean, there's good and there's bad ones. So you have to understand that, you know, she can't vouch for every one of them and say, yes, they're all good. She does believe that some of them are, you know, hurting people. Not, she says that she doesn't feel most of the, abductions and the people that end up dead she feels most of it is not Bigfoot and the government official I spoke with Victor said the same thing he said he feels it's alien abductions and she told me that or she said um you know in general to when she was on her podcast that um these there's things in the woods that she's seen that she knows are there that are so bad and so evil that you know we can't even believe what's actually out there And I know of the one story that the one guy told where this wolf hunted him because his father killed, his stepfather killed his parents and this wolf spent her life, he felt hunting him. And when he grew up, it was like she gave up once he grew up. He wanted her, she wanted him when he was little because she wanted revenge on the stepfather. But then as he grew up, I think some kind of an attachment grew with her to him. And he was out in a field and he was standing there and he looked over and he saw her come up over the ridge he was hunting and she was with a, another wolf and he knew it was her he knew her markings and he, he was so scared because he thought my god she's gonna kill me she's got me dead on right here um, there's no protection and they're they're massive these these creatures are massive I mean a, a gun you know not any gun is gonna kill them and you have to know where to shoot to and you have to be a dead-on shot for how fast they are and uh, she came up over the mat over the hill and she looked at him and, and I guess during the point when he saw her, he also spotted what he felt was a Wendigo. He said it was either a rake or not a wait, a rake, I'm sorry. It was something, it might have been a rake, but I think it was a Wendigo that he spotted and he knew what it was. He knew instinctively, you know, that it was really evil and he knew from the, the, the folklore that, it, you know, what it was just by the looks of it. And it was, it was like looking like it was going to attack him. It was coming towards him. And as this was happening, she comes up over the hill, he sees her and he's like, oh my God, you know, between these two, I'm dead. And so what happened was she looked at him and she telepathically said, we're not the ones you need to fear. And she lifted up her paw and she pointed at the Wendigo and she said, that is, and she said, we hunt them to protect you. And then apparently he he collapsed and he fainted. He passed out. He woke up later and he said she was gone. It was nighttime when he woke up, she was gone, and so was her partner, and this there was black blood just all over the field. So she felt that or he felt that they had hunted this creature and killed it, and she left him alone. And he hightailed it back to his truck and you know, just he says he sees her every now and then and that's that. But some of this stuff, like you know, it's 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 interesting to know, um, you know, to try to decipher whether they're good or bad, and it, it's 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 just it's it's just a really crazy world we live in, guys. And you know, the the term folklore, we have to understand that folklore basically means stories that happen to people. Okay, these are stories that people that people eyewitness accounts of things that happen to people. That's what folklore means. So, you know, for us to just discount things and not believe it, it's just pretty crazy. Robin also said she felt, you know, I asked her, I said, do you think, apparently they, they um, revealed their DNA to her. She didn't tell me the DNA yet. I'd like to talk to her about that more. It might be a secret. She may not be able to tell me. But I asked her if they were Nephilim, and she said no. She said not everything that's bad comes from the underworld. Um, so, but she said she doesn't, that they told her she, they weren't from the Nephilim like a lot of people believe. And they aren't demonic so that kind of just blows my whole theory out of the water of what I've always thought if they're telling the truth I mean that's you have to also understand they could be lying to her or just revealing what they want her you know to believe but they but apparently the Bigfoot want it out they want her to um, reveal to people and they want everybody to know that they're that they're there the reason that they don't like cameras she said was because they have the same Indian belief that whenever you take a picture of them, it steals part of their soul. And the Indians believe this. And, and in fact, I was just telling my son about this today, and he didn't even know that. I said, oh yeah, that's I've known that for years, that every time you take a picture or video of somebody, especially a picture, um, it, it's supposed to take a little piece of your soul with it. And so that's why they so vile, violently do not like their pictures taken. They do not want their pictures taken because of that belief. It has nothing to do with being afraid that they're being revealed. It has to do with having a piece of their soul being stolen. So they don't like it. Get a drink here. Um, So these are just some things I'm talking about here. Um, I had some things happen this week. This is probably going to be a long podcast. I might have to do a part two on this one. I'm hoping I don't. Um, I was at the river with my daughter. And she decided to take us swimming at the river. So we went down to this river, and it's all lined with trees, and it's very foresty, and it's beautiful where we went. This is the same river that (laughs) she took me to last year with my son, Tristan, and her fiancé, Paul. We went rafting for the first time with her. I'd been rafting when I was a kid, but I hadn't been rafting in years, and we're not in the best shape right now. We're just, Tristan and I have just been laying around too much. And we're not in the best shape. So we get down there last year. And this is kind of a funny story. So we get down to this this river. The river's super high and really fast. And I look at Taylor. It was in April of all times. So it's not swimming weather yet. And I'm thinking she's nuts, you know. I'm looking at the river, I'm like, Taylor, you've got to be kidding me. I don't think this is this is good. We can't do this. And she's like, Oh yeah, let's just go. You know, she's got this ultra sense of adventure, and and I deep down I have that too. In fact, I want to go to see I want to meet Robin and meet the dogmen and the Bigfoot that's my intentions are to go and try to you know visit with them and, and see if I can you know like just learn some stuff I'd really love to do this and um so uh get down there and she talks me into rafting so we get the raft out and this is an inflatable raft we get down get into the river within the raft with Tristan and he's neither of us have you know we have not you know, oared or done anything like that. I mean, like ever. And so we're completely out of shape, not ready for all this. The river's fast. So we're, we're just, we're going along and Chandler's in front of us with Paul and with their dog Violet with them, who's a wolf. And they're just laughing their butts off. And we're like, they're like trying to tell us how to row. We're like trying, but the the currents got us so bad. And we suddenly, we get sucked in down into this part of the river and she's like you've got to, you know go this way we're like we can't we're like we can't get there we these oars are plastic they're not strong we get sucked into this tree literally this tree just we smash into a tree the raft pops and deflates we're like getting sucked into this water with this current We get, we get sucked underneath this part of the tree and I'm thinking, oh my God, we're going to die, you know? And I'm like, and I'm just worried about Tristan. I'm so worried about him. I see his body go under and then my body gets sucked under and then I see him pop up and I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, but thank God we had this huge tree that fell across the lake. It fell across the river, but it like, it was like from one end of the river across the river fell this is how tall this tree was landed and actually ended at the other side of the river so it was it was a very large tree it was really high up so I'm like what are we going to do and Tristan's like I don't know and we're just hanging on to this tree for dear life our busted rafts floating down the river with our oars I think I had one oar. I got one oar, and I was laughing I thought this is horrible so we literally I said we have to climb this tree so we have to climb up this tree and it's really high up it's you know it fell over the river but it's high you know So we're up there and then we have to scale this tree. Like, so we're like, he gets up there and I get up there. We're looking at each other. We're like, now what? Because we're not going to get up there and walk across the tree because it's so big. And there's such a current that if we get, you know, thrown into the river again, we're going to, I mean, we could die, you know? So it's like, so we start scaling across the the tree with our Basically with our crotches and legs, you know, we're just like moving ourselves, you know, sliding across one inch at a time until we get over to the side of the river and then we get out, we get off the tree and we're like so thankful we're there and all of a sudden we're we're hit with a wall of mud. The whole embankment is super tall, like you have to climb all, it's probably about 15 feet high and the whole thing and I'm sitting there thinking okay this is cool but then we start to to try to get up it and it's all mud so we're we're scaling this wall of mud and then we're sliding back down going back up it's sliding back down and we're just like we're looking at the river and the tree looking at this wall and we're like we are never getting out of here you know we're so screwed we're never we're going to have to go back in this river and get out somehow but somehow i i had this the thought to just dig our our fingers way into it and our feet and, you know, make almost like a rock climbing wall type thing, but only it was inverse. And uh, I had to push Tristan's butt over the wall when he got up there and then I had to figure out my own way to get up there and we did. So, this is that river. This is where we went swimming. So, we get there and I look over the river, and of course, Chandler takes us to a cliff. It isn't just a beach, you know, where you can go to and you can walk out, and there's this nice beach or this really flat area. Nope. It's a wall of of rock that you have to scale down that's super, super narrow. And I'm like looking, at, I'm in flip-flops and the stone is sandy so you could easily slip because flip-flops are so slippery. And I'm looking at my daughter thinking, she is a nut. And I don't know how I let her get me into this stuff. So anyway, so that's what happened. So I'm at this river and, you know, everything's great. and I And after a while, I'm walking along. The, you know, after we get done, we get back and I'm, and I was ahead of them and I walked up to where the car area was and I walked up a little further and I was by myself and I was thinking, you know, I can't believe I'm walking, doing this alone because this is like just the scenario that we're not supposed to be in. I have no weapon. I have no mace. I have no walking stick. I have no knife. I have no gun, no auto locator, nothing like that. I'm walking all by myself along this you know, wooded path by a, by a water source. And I'm like, this is crazy. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, I just realized that, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, and, uh, the, the kids were still backing me because they wanted to stay swimming for a little bit. And so I get up there and I go a little bit away from the cars and I landed by this, these two trees and the two trees were really bizarre. The one tree had grown this almost limb into another tree. I had never seen anything like this, and I've grown up around trees my whole life, and I love trees, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, that is really strange looking, you know? And then next to this tree, these two trees that are kind of joined together, there's another tree, and this tree has this sign, it's a road sign, literally inside of it. It it looks like the tree grew a mouth, and it, it started to swallow the sign, and I can't explain. I should take a picture of it and post it up. And um, it it just it looked like this tree was eating a road sign. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen it. Never seen anything like it. Like somebody took a hammer and just started really gradually hammering the sign into the tree, and it didn't. The hammer didn't scar the the sign at all. Like it it the sign was in perfect shape. You know, no marks on it. Like no no banging, nothing like that. And it was literally inside of this tree. And it it was crazy. There was just a little piece of it that stuck out, and it looked like the tree had a mouth, like the upper lip was over top of the sign. So it was really crazy. So I started thinking about some things. Hang on, let me get a drink here. I had remembered legends of walking trees and talking trees and people that have seen things with trees. Now, J.R. Tolkien called them the Ents, the tree Ents. But that's actually, that was written, that was made up by J.R. Tolkien, that actual term, I believe. So, I thought, well, you know what? My next podcast, I am going to talk about some of these stories that I know of. And here we go. This is going to be story number one. Well, I'm going to tell you something first before I start into this story. Um, there, the story. There's traditions of most Indian tribes... That have stories of the stick Indians who are extremely dangerous forest spirits that have the powers to paralyze, hypnotize, or lure people into the woods by making eerie or everyday sounds or mimicking voices to an uncanny replication. Like these spirits can sound exactly like your mother or anything. In fact, Robin actually told her boys that if with the Sasquatch, they can do the same thing. And she said that... um. She heard like a bullfrog in the dead of winter, and knew it wasn't a bullfrog, and it was exactly a bullfrog sound. And uh, she said she told her kids that if, or all her, all of her kids, that if they ever heard her calling them, from if they ever heard her calling them from the woods, not to ever go out. So this is how this is how exact they are with repl, replicating and you know mimicking. There are also legends of them being carnal or cannibals, meaning they eat people. This isn't so far fetched, is it? There have always been tribes that existed with cannibalistic tendencies. There are even um, restaurants out west that I have heard of where they have like family members that die. Like somebody in a family will die and they actually donate their dead body to this restaurant and the restaurant cooks the body and prepares it and the family or loved ones come in and they actually consume the body. This is out in California and this is this is absolutely the truth and they probably have them around other places in the world too. Cannibalism is actually becoming an in thing now. It's it's pretty disgusting. Although they're 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 choosing people that are already dead, but that is just absolutely disgusting. Some tribes claim these beings are shapeshifters who could transform into trees or rocks to hide in plain sight. And that's interesting after hearing of David Pelides talk about boulder fields and the link to disappearances. Their true form is unknown, for each tribe has a description of them, and none of them are good. It was said that the great Apache warrior Geronimo was able to transform himself into a boulder in other shapes. Okay, story one. My best friend and I hunted in the same spot on his family's farm in Virginia. There was no access road. We had to drive through this, his, his field, his family's field, to reach that side of the forest because it was private land. We had several acres to hunt, and we loved that. The trip ended up being for nothing, though. The forest had been eerily empty of all life all day, not even a bird heard or seen. The sun was just setting as we headed back to the truck across the field. A fragrance in the air immediately drew my attention. I can't describe what it smelled like only so intoxicating it curled my toes in pleasure and almost turned me on as embarrassing as that is to say. There was a deep longing to it, and all I could think of bear with me, I gotta turn my page here, was finding the source of the fragrance so I could be drawn near to it. The next thing I remember is hearing a loud boom so close to my ear it left my head ringing. Feeling as if I had just woken up from a deep sleep, I found myself walking out out to the open field instead of back to my truck as I was supposed to be. Why are we going the opposite way, I thought, as I reached down to pick up my fallen rifle, realizing it had been... A bullet that had whizzed by my ear—that was close. I thought as I was digesting this info. When a different smell hit my nose, it was the stench of rotten vegetation mixed in with rotten meat. Which is this is just crazy because that's this. So many people talk about this smell for all of these entities. It almost caused me to throw up. It was the most awful, overpowering smell. I scanned the area trying to find the source. In the direction I had been heading out to the field, I thought to see. I thought. I saw, tall farm machinery at first. Using my binoculars, I realized it was a large grayish-black tree. The rotten smell seemed to be emanating from it. The urge to flee for my life overcame me, and I had to repress it because I saw my girl Carol who hunts with me, still walking towards it. I knew this was really bad, deep down in my bones. I ran up to her and tried to get her to turn around, but it was like she was in a trance. I had to slap her twice, hard across the face, to get her to snap out of it. We both took off running as fast as we could back to the truck and took off. As we were hightailing it out of there, I looked, and the tree was gone. That sent us into a full frenzy. I can imagine. You know in the movies when you see people panicking and dropping their keys because they're so scared? Well, it's true. I actually dropped my keys twice trying to get them into the ignition and it didn't help with Carol screaming at the top of her lungs. Back at the house, Carol said as we went over the incident that she felt as if the scent was floating her towards it. She felt light and free and couldn't resist it till she felt me slapping her. When she snapped out of it and saw the tree in the distance and got a whiff of the rotten smell, she said she knew her life was in terrible danger and just ran. We believe the smell was some sort of hypnotic lure that put us in a trance to come to it. My rifle slipping from my hands and discharging is what saved our lives. We shudder thinking what could have happened to us what kind of predator is able to hypnotize with scent we both agree it looked just like a tree we shared what happened with our uncle who told us there w- there was folklore about walking talking trees and said over the years he had been missing many cattle <laughs> that's just unbelievable story 2 i lived in a townhouse in maryland It was my escape from the city with my backyard bordering the forest. With two dogs, it was perfect. Almost. Hang on a second. Give me a second here. Almost every day, I took my dogs for a walk in the woods. Late one night, as I was hanging out on my back patio with some friends, my dogs whined to be let out. My friends went with me as I took them out to the backyard area. We all suddenly noticed at the same time a tree that was not there before. It was about 50 feet away from my door, so there was no way we hadn't been able to see it before. My dogs went crazy. One of my friends had to help me hold them back because they were straining to get to the tree. That's odd for dogs. Usually they know and they kind of, you know, back off. I couldn't describe this feeling that came over me as I looked at it something just wasn't right i had this scary thought that the tree wanted my dogs but dismissed it as crazy curious about the tree one of my friends walked towards it we all stared in utter shock as this huge tree started moving toward the forest so stunned we just stood there watching it as the dogs then yelped in fear and confusion it wasn't fast and its motion was almost fluid like an octopus. The lights from the other porches lit up the area enough to see it was light brown in color, and the bark looked smooth and rubbery. Its many leafless branches were very high up, we noticed, as we heard it go crashing, crashing its way through the forest. That's when the fear kicked in. Three grown men knocking each other down to get into the house first. That was funny. So so they were knocking each other over to get into the house first. Imagine that visual. Sounds crazy, but it left enough of an impression that I don't go near the woods anymore. <clears throat> you know, this is so common. When people get, um, they get in these encounters, they're just, it just completely traumatizes people. They just won't go near the woods anymore. You know, and th- that is so sad because the woods are so beautiful. And it's such a shame that we're robbed of that after we have these encounters. It's really sad. I actually started walking again at night. I wasn't doing it for a long time, but I started doing it again. And I thought, you know what? If something gets me, it gets me. I don't care. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I, I stay in town, but they still, they're in town. In fact, I walk on the street, I had the the, the uh, encounter with the rake on. So that's, that's pretty wild. But I just, I just, I'm at a point now, I just, trusting God to take care of me okay story three we used to sneak in fishing at our favorite spot in Southern California it's a long walk to the lake we loved the most this was on a golf course me and my cousin and our friend were walking and goofing off as we made our way toward the lake as soon as the lake came into sight movement near it stopped me dead in my tracks I swear what I'm telling you is true. On the other side of the lake, some of the trees... Wait, let me look at this real quick. On the other side of the lake, some of the trees were swaying hard as if it was really windy, but there was no wind. It actually took me a moment or two to see what was really going on. Eight to ten of the trees were moving toward the lake as we were coming on. It looked as though we had startled them as half went one way and half the other way before we got there as if trying to clear out from that area from the moonlight we could see their silhouettes move it really freaked us out and we never fished that night no one believed us when we told of our encounter we tried stalking the air, staking the area out but we never saw anything again people think we made this up why would we make up a story of walking trees It even sounds crazy to us, but it really happened. That's pretty wild. Okay, this is the last story for today. My wife and I went to metal detect in an area of upstate New York that we had hunted many times before. On site, we had discovered something that had not been there the previous day. There in the middle of this forested area we knew of well was suddenly a huge boulder easily the size of half of us. We knew we were in the right spot because we found the holes we had been digging out of and had left behind some bottles and a note we had left. The largest hole we dug was like 12 feet away from this giant boulder. That shouldn't be there. The boulder had a crack in the middle that ran from top to bottom and was wide enough to walk through. In the middle of the crack was a shaped, was a Y-shaped branch stuck in the ground just like x marks the spot we dug under that branch but found nothing came back a few days later with some friends who had also been out to the site before and showed them the boulder they were in disbelief we tried to investigate but there were no large rocks anywhere or damaged trees that showed it rolled to the spot no road for a truck to dump it off if it had fallen from the sky, there should have been evidence of an impact, but there was none. It was a complete mystery. That is some of this stuff, boy. I'll tell you what. David Palladis talks a lot about boulder fields. um, And there's a lot of mis- disappearances in boulder fields. And I know there was a story of a, of a guy that walked into a boulder field, and he, he actually spotted little people, but they, they actually looked like, elves they looked just like elves he said and they were singing and he interrupted their their you know this this musical thing that had, they had going on and apparently the um uh the one the female elf stopped what they were doing she she reached down and grabbed something and the person he was with she he said that she came over and hit the person with whatever she had like a stick or something and the person died And he got and he, he ran, he was running and he got out of there and they went back and retrieved his body later. And he was just classified as one of those unknown deaths. They never could find out what it was. He tried to tell them what it was, but they didn't believe him. They thought he was nuts, but that's, that's another thing. And that was in a boulder field. So I don't know. I mean, this, (laughs) it just gets wilder and wilder guys. Like some of this stuff is nuts. Um, I wanted to tell you a near death experience and I didn't know if I'd have time to, but I'm actually doing pretty good for time here there was a there was a man he was a missionary and he got called by God to go over to Afghanistan to a place that another missionary had been sent and the other missionary he was a man of God he went over to try to you know get people to Christianity and testify about the Lord and he was killed he was actually they showed up at his house in the middle of the night they knocked on his door he opened it up and they They abducted him, they they, um, put a bag over his head, they took him off, and they executed him. And so this other guy knew of this, and he was supposed to be his replacement. He was supposed to go over and replace this guy, and he was pretty worried. He said, you know, he couldn't believe God was calling him here. He was like, there's just, why would you call me here? I mean, this other guy got killed, and he just felt it was really weighing on him that this is where he had to go. And he heard God's voice and heard him telling him that this is where he wanted him to be. And he was trying to negotiate with God and he just wouldn't, he wouldn't have it. He wasn't having it. He was assuring him that this is where he wanted to go, where, where he wanted him to go. So he packed his family up and off they went. And, um, he was in the house and, uh, lo and behold, he gets a knock at the door one night and they take him out and they, they put a bag over his head. They take him off. And they, you know, like just put him in a room somewhere, and he's sitting there thinking he's dead. He's like, "I'm dead. They're gonna kill me," you know. And later on, they put, they took his uh the bag off of his head, and they started questioning him. And they said that they, they were told that there was two hundred of them, of these Afghan soldiers that were part of ISIS. Okay. These are ISIS guys. There was 200 of them that all had the same dream that they were, they, they were shown a dream about Jesus and they woke up. And when they started talking about this dream, they all realized they had had the same dream and they, they couldn't understand it. they were freaking out. And they were also given put on their heart about you know showed the killing of the like the guy that they killed how it was wrong and what they did that they were gonna you know go to hell for this unless they repented and came to jesus so the reason they had abducted this other missionary was because they wanted to find out they wanted him to interpret this dream and find out what was what you know what they were supposed to do and he ended up witnessing to 200 isis ISIS soldiers And saving them. They got saved because of a dream that all of them had about Jesus. It was an amazing story. And I thought what a testimony it would be to, you know, people that are Muslim, of Muslim faith, you know, that, you know, that don't believe in Jesus. And I, I just, I love that story. So there you have it. That is your, your special Sunday podcast for today. Um, I'm going to finish my mango slushy, which I love, and think of some other things that I would like to write about. If you guys have any suggestions, anything that you would like to hear about, you can always let me know. Um, just remember my email address is in the dark2021 at gmail.com. Just message me, write me in stories. I get stories all the time. And, um, I love them, you know, some of them I have to edit so you can understand them because there's, I get people all around the world that, that send in stories that, you know, you you just, we speak different languages sometimes, or they try to speak English and I have to kind of edit it, but that's it, it. I mean, I, I, I try to stay really close to what they, I mean, really close, like exact on what they're saying. So, but it's, it's, it's really fun. I love meeting all these people and I love talking to Robin this week. It was just amazing talking to her. And I really, like I said, I want to have her on the show and, you know, let you guys hear all of her story. I mean, it, it's just crazy. It goes on and on. She's got stories for years. So it's, it's amazing. You guys have a great day. Have a blessed day. And I will be talking to you soon. Take care.